0: And good morning everyone and welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted... Small business advisor, admin guru and lover of all things small business as well. I'm a big advocate for small business as my regular listeners will know. Now today's show is a very, very interesting because we're kind of taking a bit of a step back in time into one person's life but I think we can learn a lot from where our small business journey is. So quite often we have people on the program who tell us about their Their small business journey, how they started their life in corporate and they hated it and so then they they moved into setting up their own business and they tried and they failed and they tried and they failed until they got something that was actually quite intriguing and something that they were passionate about. Some people out there are lucky enough to recognise what life skills they bring with them, rather than what they bring from just having a job. And today's guest is just that. We have John here from Gone Bush Adventures, and uh, I think anybody who lives in our great shire of Hornsby will understand um, where the where the classification of Gone Bush comes from. And with me alluding to life's experiences and what they bring to us as small business. Welcome to the show, John.
1: Thank you so much, Alexi.
0: Now, we had a wonderful chat a few weeks ago when we were talking all things um, small business and and you and I are both very passionate about it coming from different angles, me as sort of, you know, I guess seeing businesses of all kinds, but you see businesses of all kinds with with what you do as well, don't you?
1: We certainly do. Tell me a little
0: bit about Gombush Adventures, first of all, and why are you so passionate about it?
1: Uh, look, firstly, I'm so passionate about Gombush Adventures and as the name gives away, it's all about... Going to the bush and having adventures. (laughs) Why I'm passionate about it is because I've experienced it firsthand and now so honored to be able to share it with more people, but the bush experience really does nourish the soul and it's a platform for us to be able to grow and learn more about ourselves and if we're with other people, learn more about others and and actually feel a, a true connection to to country, which I guess is something that's so strong in the indigenous culture and that they often talk about but I feel it's it's on our doorstep, it's all around us and it in it invites us in and it's it's too easy to forget that it's that it is there and that, that we can actually go there um, for so many reasons. So Gone Bush Adventures is about partnering with various companies, you're right, from from all kinds of different sectors and different size companies and looking at that, that Bush experience and and how can that reinvigorate the company or the culture Mm. or inspire new forms of leadership or or performance of teams and connections so it's yeah it's about using the bush to unlock um, something much more within these organizations
0: and which area of Hornsby did you grow up in and how come you are so well connected to the bush itself
1: I grew up on the Pacific Highway, which I've noticed recently has been renamed to Pete's Ferry Road.
0: Oh right, yeah. So you also, um, you were up the uh, the west side.
1: Yeah, Hookham's Corner. Uh huh. So just on the on the doorstep of Hornsby Heights and yeah, some lovely lovely bush area, and I guess you know playing in the parks, the beautiful parklands and bushy parks all around the shire as a young fella, coming through the ranks with my brothers and sisters. Um, and you were just, part of yeah. a big
0: family too, weren't you?
1: Part of a big family, yeah.
0: And do you think that's helped uh, nurture that spirit of kind of um, bringing people out into, as groups? So I guess you understand the group thing. I myself and an only child, many of my listeners will probably guess that, <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> I don't really understand how sibling thing works and do you think growing up with that environment around you has given those, you those skills?
1: quite possible. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you just uh, yeah. realized
0: that. I just psychoanalyzed you live on air. I apologize for that. That's all right. But yeah, having those brothers and sisters around mm. you would make you I guess more understanding of group dynamics.
1: Yes, yeah, they are all such individuals even though you're a family. Mm. Everyone is an individual and someone even even said last night just about everyone having a unique personality and so often personalities do get grouped into various frameworks and models, but yeah, I mean, people really do have their own their own print their own make and um, I guess when I was I was the second oldest of seven children mm-hmm. and so there, there was quite a quite a lot of unique characters all around and you're you're never really left alone for too long in that sort of setting there's always someone around and maybe that's what makes it even better is that you've got the encouragement of of your siblings as well to to want to continue playing and continue having fun and doing something else so you always naturally drawn into something and you're not sitting on the sidelines and having to come up with all the ideas yourself.
0: This is true. And I will say I understand fully where, where that where that happens because you have to be, I guess, a little bit more inventive because you haven't got those you can't bounce ideas off other people. But then you don't have the skills to bounce ideas off other people either either. It's more, these are my thoughts and this is this is sort of there's no debate. So it's this is sort of the, the path that I'm on and there's no deviation from that. So I think it's interesting that you yourself have moved into a bit of a team building um, environment for your business because of all those skills you brought with you from childhood.
1: Never thought of it that <laughs> way, but that, yeah.
0: it does make a lot of sense it that does.
1: that's where yeah. starting to naturally find a good fit. And mm. A, mm. A, now
0: a, you work with, is it, um, is it your brother? Yes. Yeah,
1: my, my older brother, Josh. So we're the two oldest of the seven kids and... Um, we started Gone Bush together just on three years ago now. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, we're very much each other's wingmen in business and, and we really are enjoying working together. And it's been a real interesting journey having that dynamic of starting a business with a family member,
0: mm. which
1: um, at times has been, you know, has exacerbated some of the challenges and, and strips away some of the filters and sometimes get to such a, such a rawness and authenticity that it just makes it quite an intense journey but it's also been a nice opportunity for us to then as brothers be able to work on a working relationship Mm -hmm. and, and getting that to a really good point where where we can both just feel like we're contributing um to the best of our and playing to our strengths and actually you know making sure that we're feeling feeling sort of individually fulfilled through the contribution we're making to the the company.
0: I find it quite remarkable because you hear quite often in small business people going into partnerships. One, because there's two different very clear skill sets. One's the creative, one's the numbers person, one's the business driver, the other person's the ideas person. Uh, Was there an obvious yin and yang or was it more the journey that you'd been through together that meant that you just continued on with that relationship and, and it just blossomed into business? Or did you literally sit down one day and go, you know what, you're really good at this, I'm really good at this, how about we do this together?
1: Or it, did it, it evolve? Was, it, was, it evolved, but it was definitely a meeting of of a vision, some sort of vision initially, when we said we l- we're in love with this bush experience and want to spread it. But mm-hmm. then it was very much that yin and yang from early on where we did separate our focuses and play to our strengths, whereas, uh, yeah, so I was more of um, the, the one leading our... Our initial outreach and relationship development and client management and bringing on sales and building sort of the network. And and I guess in doing so and constantly articulating it with prospects and various partners, forming a little bit more solid, the actual product and the identity of what it might look like. Josh, on the other hand, had quite a big task right up front for sort of business like ours in terms of the the compliance and the admin and the logistics. the insurance and logistics and yeah, all that right. sort of stuff that has to be has to be put in place, um, yeah, with a real attention to detail and and making sure that everything, all the processes actually are really robust and sound. Because, um, yeah, I guess, in the sort of business that we're in, it's one where you know a, a mistake or a vulnerability on that side could cost you. Um, big time. It could cost you
0: your business and it can cost your clients even more. So that's very interesting. And and would you have any, uh, if you had any listeners out there who were thinking about starting their own business um, with family members um, and they want to do it despite probably quite a lot of people telling them not to, what would be your um, top tip for when they start out? Like what what would be, what's, what's a great way to get this relationship started?
1: I'd say it'd come down to communication. Probably both the the level of openness in the communication and the frequency of it um so that there is really this this feeling that you're working together on something and that you know for example in our business there were periods where the focus really was on sales and marketing and so it was more in my my area but but then you know even when all the excitement is in a particular place the other person has to still be able to contribute and and really be along for that ride, and and yeah, making their mark. So I think constant communication and not letting too much distance grow between you, even if there's a divergence in your initial roles when you're setting it up, is really important. And then the openness of that communication, because yeah, every, yeah, everyone in small business listening will know that there are just times where you're really tested in small business, and and um, and they're great because there are opportunities for personal growth, and usually it inv- involves you stepping back at the end of the day and going you know, geez, I I wish I had communicated that differently today or, you know, I I hope I didn't, you know, um, yeah, I guess all I'm trying to say there is just really being open, being honest with each other, um, and communicating often. That would be the the biggest tip of trying to get into business with a, with a sibling. Mm. Um, and you've got each other's back naturally which is which is a nice benefit and I think you've got the advantage that you can go to that level of openness and and where potentially if it was just a friend or or somebody you got involved you might you might have overstepped the line or hurt their feelings too much or, or been too unfiltered in expressing yourself but with with a sibling
0: there's no filter there's there's not
1: <laughs> there's not really that same filter so yeah um
0: no, I think it's yeah. a skill. I think it's a life skill that siblings. I, I certainly um, have witnessed that. Obviously, with having family and friends with, with siblings and seeing that grow and develop, um, it's interesting to see it. See you voice it in such a way that it you know grows into a business and how how that can become business. But it's tough. I can imagine. I mean, you t- you've been together in business for how long now? three years. That's impressive. I mean, it's impressive for any business to be successful and be growing at the three year mark, but to do it with a family member and and do that successfully is pretty impressive. What do the rest of your siblings think?
1: I think they enjoy watching the adventures. (laughs) They're always, I guess they're just used to us always being on the road and somewhere on a bush adventure and
0: that's what it's um, always been, and you're just continuing on with that
1: yeah well it, it's it wasn't always that way growing up, for example, like we weren't we weren't retreating to the bush as much until we finished high school really, and then oh, got wow. that independence where you've you got a car and you can move around and you're in uni and you can actually get out and start to get to the places you want to get to more regularly by yourself and with with your friends and with your brothers in our case, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think our siblings they they're pretty excited about what we do but at the same time going back to them all being really individuals in their own right they're all doing such amazing things that yeah josh and i look at what they're doing and just go wow that's that's so cool so it's really nice when we catch up because it's not any one of our stories is the the dominant one they're all actually pretty interesting and so we're just yeah it's exciting what we're doing but it's one of um many stories that are playing out in our family.
0: That's a remarkable family you must live in that you, you're able to look around you and just go, wow, we're all doing really awesomely. Well done, Mum and Dad. <laughs> <Well> <laughs> pretty <done> much, you. <laughs> pretty much. Can I ask you what the age gap is between you and your brother?
1: It's just two years.
0: Okay, wow. Yeah. That And even me as a mum, I mean, I know as a parent... Um, uh, I thought the two-year gap was the dangerous one. You know, it's the one where the ma- most jealousy and rivalry comes up at that age all through when you're younger. And I thought, I just assumed it would continue. I thought you were going to say something like 15 months or 14 months. But to hear you say two years just goes completely against what I would asu- assume as the, uh, as, as you know, that whole jealousy thing. Obviously, it, I'm sure you had your moments. Oh, yeah. But um, not so much anymore, maybe in, not in business. Yeah. <laughs> so you both go, you both take... The groups out. And I want to talk a little bit about um, the process that you take people on because today, not only want to talk about your journey and bringing on life skills into creating a business, but also the importance of um, of really understanding, uh, I guess, the corporate, What's what am I trying to say? You know, when you go out and you do these corporate adventures and stuff, I mean, it's not just go out to the middle of the bush and build things with glue and spaghetti, is it? You know, building spaghetti towers or things like that. What What's... What's the point of taking a group out as a corporate group to help them build as a team? Do you actually have sort of team building exercises where they fall backwards on each other, or, or is it more just being out there and taking me through we, the process? Yeah, we,
1: we, it does end up being a, a mixture of um, there are some activities, but not the sort of overly contrived ones, mm-hmm. and also in our case not, not the overly um, physically demanding. So so we're not. Um, not, you know, we're not making everyone go and abseil down the cliff or do rock climbing or those sorts of things. We have been focused on just just bushwalking, and then choosing routes that are accessible to the groups that we're working with. And if they if they are up for a bit more, then doing something a bit more adventurous. But then if we need to, you know, dial it back, dial it back a little bit, focus on actually just the connection to the environment out there, and then what that can do for the thinking of of the group or the connection of the group. Um, certainly are some activities that we would run um, but I guess in terms of I get can you do, would you mind like just honing in that question because I'm just having trouble um, well
0: I guess um, because I understand the idea of team building exercises but for me it's centered around as you said those more physical activities how do you build a team when you're simply just walking through a beautiful bush
1: thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now I got my train of thought again yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because it's not really approach that has been um, that has been popular in the corporate space at least since about the mid nineties. And there was a wave of this yeah. through the late eighties and the nineties, led by by organisations or companies like Outward Bound, who many may have heard of or even participated in those sorts of programs. And there were other operators as well um, that were really championing basically outdoor education as as a form of both that team building experience, but also leadership development, and even into strategic thinking and other um, sort other business related outcomes that would usually be achieved through an offsite or a development program, Mm -hmm. and and really made the case that well instead of instead of going to a resort um, and then bringing in you know, an activity provider who might be building a spaghetti tower with glue, or, or you might be running around the place in different coloured shirts, or, or whatnot, working on some some challenge. Um, the the initial wave was about saying, well, there's actually there's a power, more powerful platform and a more natural platform to actually get the sort of results and make it more integrated with the overall um, objective of the event. So it's not so these team building aspects they're not. Um, sort of disconnected pieces that you've tacked on to mm. your event but they actually are strategically part of the event itself and built around those experiences. That approach through the 90s then it actually did start morphing off and becoming far more sort of activity driven and um, and also the demands of the market change where they want a shorter experiences and and, and faster experiences to get those sort of results. So a lot of those old organisations sort of lost their traction in the market and, and this outdoor education approach of of team building and development um, fell away for, for quite some time and, and um, there weren't any real leaders in the space and, and it was not a widely used approach, mm. uh, particularly amongst the corporates and certainly this is through the conversations and, and you know, um, Client relationships that we 've made over the last three years and sort of unpacking this story and then realizing that actually what we 're doing in the last few years is sort of um, reviving this outdoor education approach within the corporate space and saying that in the outdoor and in that environment you have uh, a natural advantage when you're trying to do a team building program or when you're trying to do a leadership program or or a strategic event with with members of a team or, or strategic partners and there's there's so much science around why it is a natural environment that gives you that advantage in terms of the you know the physical, the psychological, the mental, the health benefits in a real broad sense, um, but then also it is that environment which strips away strips away those filters and when you are doing something as simple as bushwalking and what we do as well is bring in facilitators who then frame the thinking of the conversations and some of the activities. So it's not all sort of, you know, let's build a little structure, but it's, it's a mixture of reflective activities. It's a mixture of, um, you know, sharing ideas and exploring perspectives um, and even having individual experiences in the bush and, and reflecting on them and having time and space. And trying to actually create, and create um, an energy over the time that we've got with the groups that we've got that actually just complements what they're trying to get from the event. So, um,
0: I can I imagine every group's a little bit different, isn't it? Because by the sounds of it, you're you have to not only mould the event for the different body types and and the abilities of the people who are coming, but also what. The the um the company's trying to achieve and what they're trying to get out of the group and then the personalities of the group. I mean, I can imagine taking ten people away from a from a corporate who may or may not actually appreciate or like one another uh, and throwing them into that sort of environment. I'm actually going to take a break in a second, but I want to pick your brains and see if you can tell me. Um, I want to hear a bad story. I want to hear a bad anecdotal story about uh, people who have come together and then discovered their lifelong friends or, or not discovered their lifelong friends, as the case may be. <laughs> It'd be interesting to hear your perspective on that. You're listening to Triple H, 100.1 FM. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with John from Gone Bush Adventures after this. Oh, wait, I need to turn you on. There you go. Um, you're very passionate about it. We were talking about before the break how uh, you've used your skills, not just through your business journey, but also through life to, to build up your business. And uh, I wanted you to have a think about some interesting stories from the groups that you've had um on on the on the journeys that you take them on going out bush with going bush adventures can you think give me an example of a really great experience that you saw where there was some serious personal development going on
1: yeah one one sprung to mind as soon as you asked me before the break there and it was it was an adventure that we did late last year with a group of hr executives from holden and um yeah they were quite in the media a lot last year because they closed down their their iconic plant outside of Adelaide.
0: Yeah, so quite a lot of negativity and negative feeling in the company at that stage.
1: Yeah, it was just a, a tricky time and a time of a lot of change um, and a time where particularly for this HR team of leaders that we were working with, um, they were really the ones within the organisation having to deal with a lot of the uncomfortable parts of that transition like um, you know, laying off a whole lot of people and and dealing with restructures internally of the business, and some of those restructures actually involving making themselves redundant um, in the process. So there's just there's a lot of um, sensitivities, and it was a, an environment, a very family environment, uh, in which a lot of those team members and members of the the Holden company more broadly were, were almost lifers in the organisation and had been there for you know. The team that we were working with 20 30 plus years wow um, and just r- most remarkable stories um, when we had the opportunity to, to actually sit around the campfire at night but the the idea of that trip and why it was such a great experience was that it was it was their final last hurrah as a team um, working for Holden and yeah as I said some of them had been there for that long and and this was the last Experience that Holden was gifting to some of these valued valued HR leaders, um, and and it was their last chance to, as a team that had gone through so much, and particularly in the last eighteen to twenty four months leading up to that closure of the plant, um, just a chance to actually um, give a bit of time and, and real nourishment to themselves and step back and as a team just really be grateful for for the journeys that they've each had and and really support each other in taking big next steps and great next steps forward wherever they might be and for a lot of people in the group that was a significant milestone because their their identity and, and everything about their lives almost um, had been wrapped up around their time with Holden. And so it was a really, um, in some way, uh, really proud of that one and, and saw, saw that it was such a powerful platform. What we did was we got them out of Melbourne and Adelaide where they are sort of more based and brought them up to the Blue Mountains um, outside of Sydney to just get to get them in a completely different scene. We, over two days, did... A customized version of the six-foot track in the Megalong Valley, and stayed overnight down there in the beautiful six-foot eco lodge, um, and just had such a, a magical experience and a and just time and space that that ordinarily and with how busy life really is these days that you don't normally get and and especially to to enjoy and appreciate that time and space with people that were so close and, and valued each other's connections so deeply. Um, it was special. And, and just being sort of a, a um, casual observer around the campfire that night and around the dinner conversations, um, just the, the stories were, were incredible uh, that that all these people had with their journeys with Holden, but also the the depth to their, their in-jokes and their sort of <laughs> <laughs> their little in-jokes. clicks. Yeah, I mean, it was just... It was a remarkable experience and and there were tears reflecting back on on some of the the highlights of that time they had together and and yeah I even heard as recently as just the other week from from the leader of that team um that still the the impact of that kind of event has has remained with with the group and something that they're still holding very dearly and and that it yeah, it really was the perfect way to wrap up. And to nourish their connection as a team, and so I guess that's just one thing where I mean we could have built um spaghetti towers, or we could have done done something like that instead and I guess that's that's I guess why I'd advocate for let's go back and have those sort of nourishing experiences. Mm.
0: Do you think part of the reason why those connections, uh, I mean, it sounds to me the way you're describing it is basically because of the space and and the environment that you're in. Does that play the the major role in it? Do you see yourselves as secondary? All the facilitating you do is just secondary to the natural bush that you're surrounded by?
1: I see it that way. Yeah, I do. I, I see huge value in the facilitation and... And some of the, some of the structuring you can do to that time out there, mm-hmm. but I'm a massive advocate, and and I do believe you get, you get such a huge benefit just from, actually being in that in that place and having that time and space, mm. um, and then of course, everything else that we can contribute around it, really does ensure that we're able to focus and guide the adventure to a particular outcome, whereas. Um, yeah, it can be easy in that setting, particularly w- with a group scenario, to to chit chat your way through, um, and maybe not really take in the surroundings, or if there was a reason that you're supposed to be out there, maybe not quite um, really get into it mm. in any way. And so I think you get a lot. You you'll feel your soul nourished by going out and doing that sort of a thing. But in a team environment um, where there's quite a lot of people coming together, if there's a particular objective, then I do think there's a lot of merit in then that how you how you put the trip together how you think about what you're going to do and and the sort of experiences you might encapsulate within the adventure to to really complement what's happening along the way
0: yeah of course and I guess those of you out there who might have a team that could potentially benefit this from this either by strengthening the bonds that you already have or you know maybe facilitating some issues that might be part of the team and this is a great way to do it definitely. I guess if people are out there looking for this sort of corporate building activity what they're looking for in your expertise is the the balance between that sort of space and that giving giving everything space and time but also having um, good uh, facilitated activities to make sure you actually get an outcome at the end of it.
1: That's right and last point on that sort of facilitation style is that we do work with a range of facilitators who some of them are, you know, very much subject subject matter experts. Some of them are more just facilitation experts, but then also a more um, common form of facilitation that we're integrating into our adventures is an Indigenous perspective as well, um, where we are starting to partner with various cultural educators and, and some from around, um, you know, the Hornsby area as well. And in the central coast and also South coast and blue mountains where we can actually, and, and also outside of other major capitals where we can integrate, um, indigenous, both experiences and and perspectives to enrich the journey further. Um, which we think is another sort of, I know it's a side point, but it's another hugely, um, powerful part of this work and something that does motivate us as well. and we think that um, yeah you know, if we can be a, a catalyst as well in in the way that we operate to refocus people on some of that traditional wisdom as well as a as a way to nourish and develop themselves, um, we think that's a really worthy paradigm to consider.
0: Yeah, no yeah. It's, it's absolutely right and and it sounds to me like you've covered so many different facets, um, not just the environmental space itself, but actually, the, um, I don't want to say activities, it just doesn't seem right in this perspective, but I guess the um, the events, the mini yeah. events within the event. I like the way you describe it as an event because it, I guess with this sort of line of work, it would require a huge amount of organisation for each thing. And that, that brings me around to what I wanted to talk to you about as well. It's, it's one thing to start up a business and have a great idea like this one. And often you get that impetus and that initial real gusto to get you going. Um, you've obviously been running for three years. You're working with with partnering with your brother and partnering with a lot of different organizations to bring in those expertise areas as well. How do you take it to the next level? What's your advice for someone who's working on this sort of a business or in, in this scenario to, to grow? I mean, you never do you really ever just sit back on your laurels or what is it that you need to do to, to grow the business?
1: Yeah, you, you need to be doing things. Mm. You you can't sit back on your laurels. That's mm. for sure. And um,
0: what are some of the techniques you use to sort of grow it, apart from your excellent networking skills?
1: Networking is a huge part of it. Um, actually, forming genuine connections with people, and 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 from those, a lot of a lot of doors do open. And and I think on on the art of networking, there the fact that you know one relationship can you know provide three or four other relationships that then provide four or five others and and, and all of a sudden um, you know and you're being introduced to sort of people who they're they're being introduced to you for a reason because you do have that similar um, vibe or that like mindedness on something so I think I think the relationship building has been absolutely key because um, very much so that's where the opportunities do um, tend to come from. Uh,
0: you mentioned LinkedIn when we were chatting, why, why do you, why do you place a lot of your time and and emphasis on that in particular as a social media platform for advertising?
1: Well, for us, we're dealing exclusively with the corporate market and LinkedIn, especially over the last five years or so has just gained so much traction to the point where it's almost a staple, um, everyday social platform for a lot of professionals. And I would say that from what I see, um, people are sharing on LinkedIn at least, or if not more than they would share on Facebook these days mm. and other platforms. But there's actually a huge um, level of engagement around around LinkedIn and professionals actually really being interested about each other's journeys and the sorts of things that they are posting about. So we've been on LinkedIn um, to contribute and be part of of what 's happening on there, but also um, to then be able to strategically try and connect with the right sorts of people because obviously LinkedIn has great searching functionalities where for the sorts of business that we 're in and we've we've identified that it's you know usually certain certain roles within an organization that we would be speaking to who 'd be considering our services so we're, you're able to actually um, yeah just navigate your way a little bit easier to the place where you probably need to get to and um, and you're directly able to try and at least start a conversation but then I guess the the art is over time how do you how do you make that conversation more and more engaging to those prospects um, and position it in such a way that um, it actually does resonate and strike a chord and that you get given a few more chances I think.
0: Yeah. So, from a practical perspective, um, can I just ask you, do you have LinkedIn Premium?
1: Not currently. I have, and I did earlier on in the journey. Did, um, did
0: you think of it as more beneficial for what the sort of search functionality you're trying to do, or are you getting what you need out of it by just having the free version?
1: Yeah, I'm getting more than enough out of the free version. and I, There was one thing that, that I always felt a bit disappointed with the Premium service was that it was all run off a separate platform. That yeah. it's not actually integrated into your. It's like an add-on. Yeah, yeah. and so you know your your inboxes aren't synced in that platform. Um, you know, and and I wasn't too interested in some of the other custom tools that say our our CRM would usually keep track of. You yeah, know, that, I was going
0: to ask you about that actually because you, you you mentioned so much the development of those relationships are so important to you. What what CRM do you use?
1: We use one that's called PipeDrive.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I've heard of that one. Yep. Yeah, um, one of our one of our regular Matt Koopman's talks about uh, Pipe Drive and Gary Lowenson as well, because there's there's certainly lots of options out there, but it's about trying to you know find the right one for what it is that you want to do. Yeah. So when you're building these LinkedIn relationships, you've got I mean, obviously the initial communication. Do you always make sure um, that you start a conversation with someone? Do you reach out of, out to them because of the um, job title that they have? how do you begin or is it because you know them through someone else and you mentioned that connection? How do you connect with them?
1: Yeah, it'd be a combination of those things or, or seeing that we're engaging with, um, similar content. Yep. So we we might both be, you know, commenting away there on a post or, and just seeing that, okay, there's, there's a common interest in something and, um, and then it just starting to be honest, I'd just like to start with trying to, trying to just say g'day and, um, See where it goes. Um, one thing that I th- that I think I've observed over the time is, particularly on LinkedIn, and and it's it's probably true for a lot of these direct sales um channels. But if you if you speak too much straight away before you you actually do some listening, um, that tends to turn people off. <laughs> so,
0: wise <laughs> there's, words. There's a handy tip. Yeah, wise um, words. It, I day. think it's
1: more about the listening as well in that relationship building phase, and uh, yeah, I think there's obviously an art in establishing you know some kind of credibility for yourself but but really focusing on on the other person if especially if you're trying to develop um something that's kind of a consultative and a real collaborative relationship where where yeah, you're going to have to really be genuinely interested in them to be able to add some value
0: you know. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's funny yeah. you are talking like that, because you're now not sounding like um, the small child running through the bush or uh, the uni student who's gone out on bush adventures. You're talking from another perspective, from one of your experiences, which is being in finance marketing, of course. And that's where I think this is an amazing sort of collision of two worlds, the the very much, you know, John in the natural bush environment, in his home place, in his safe place. And then you've got this amazing John who's got this corporate marketing background who's well entrenched and understands the ins and outs and the matrix of LinkedIn um, and how you've brought that together so successfully. But also I I must congratulate you on your excellent uh, connectivity because when you do meet people, and I think that I'd like everyone to take away from this, my listeners today, is that when you meet someone genuine, then then there is a genuine connection there. And I think it's a really good skill to take away that that listening aspect listen first my mother always says that actually i should i should listen to her more often. (laughs) that you've got to listen in order to grow those relationships we're going to take a quick break here on small biz matters and when we come back uh we're going to finish up with john and hear a little bit more about gone bush adventures and how you can find out more about this great little company you're listening to triple h 100 by one fm my name is alexi boyd we'll be back And welcome back to Triple H. You're listening to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. It's been an excellent show today because today we've learned how it's not just about your J-O-B skills that help you in your small business, but actually your life skills and your life experiences. Now, just before the break, uh, John from Gone Bush Adventures was telling us about his passion uh, of being immersed in the natural environment and supporting people in their corporate business group skill building but it's more than that it's it's about being in a fantastic environment and facilitating that journey and and in case you missed any of today's show i do encourage you to go onto the smallbizmatters.com.au website and listen to the podcast it's a great story about some um, people that he took on a journey from a particularly large car company which you might want to hear about now just to wrap up today just before the break you were talking about your skills on linkedin which seem to be incredibly um, well developed because of course you you do have a hat that you wore for a little while in finance marketing. Did you run away from finance marketing? Did you get burnt out? What, what made you go back to the bush?
1: I didn't run away, but <laughs> I'd just been working in it consistently since the time that I was in university yeah. and I was consistently encouraged by older colleagues that while I'm young, while I have no responsibilities, I should also do some travel in this period of my life. And I, I just listened to that advice after a while and I was enjoying the job. I was loving the company, still friends with those great people. But I decided I would go off and do some travel and it was with my older brother, Josh, who I started going bush with and our younger brother, Mike, and we headed over to Nepal for a trek. And then shortly after that, I found myself in India um, for the better part of a couple of years, just going to and fro and exploring all around and unexpectedly fell in love with the place you were uh,
0: wondering weren't you you weren't real. you didn't you mentioned in our in our catch-up that it wasn't it wasn't a planned trip it wasn't you didn't have a particular journey you were going on it was you just wondered
1: basically yeah wondered and, and tried to keep myself on the move quite a lot and I had a guitar with me at the time I of course lo- you did. Loved to play guitar <laughs> and, very
0: cliche yeah very cliche
1: <laughs> just going around India and and Writing songs and trying to speak Hindi and making all sorts of amazing friends and that's a maybe a interview for another time. But indeed, but yeah.
0: li- but also one of those life skills that you've brought with you and I think we can all hear it in in your manner and the way you talk is that very soft, relaxed, listening way of speaking that I think that you would probably bring that skill immensely to the groups that, that you take on Gonbush on Bush Adventures. Look, um, thank you for sharing your amazing journey with us today. It's been really fascinating to hear the different aspects and how that's that's brought your your journey together. Tell us how people can find out a little bit more about Gonbush Adventures.
1: Gonbushadventures com AU They can jump on the website we're across all social media, so if you're on any of the platforms, um, hit us up. we are obviously got a lot of cool pictures to share if you're on Instagram, gone bush adventures. Um, we also run a monthly event here in Sydney, and we're, we're launching it down in Melbourne as well oh, wow. um, from September. It's called Networking in Nature. Um, we host a morning walk through the Botanic Gardens in Sydney, once a month, the first Thursday of every month. So the next one is September the 6th. And every, every month we just go on a two-hour stroll from 7 a.m. in the morning through the gardens, connecting with a small group of professionals. It tends to be small business owners and professionals who are then working around the city. And we wrap up just before nine and everyone gets on with their day. But we, we keep it small, 15 to 20 people um, each time. And just it's a really rich environment to connect and start the day doing something nice and also if you are interested in learning more a good place to just come down and say good day and introduce yourself
0: mm, definitely and that's of course a free meetup group um that you can get in touch with this is going to be listed on a meetup and also um we're going to get it up on the small biz matters calendars as well for you john and you can find out more on gone bush adventures i presume
1: you sure can
0: excellent look thank you once again for coming on the show today it's been awesome anybody who's missed any of today's show you can catch up on smallbizmatters.com.au via our blogs and podcasts page and keep in touch with us on Small Biz Matters Facebook too. Of course, if you've got a journey or a small business area of expertise you'd like to share with our listeners, then get in touch and uh, get in touch with us, come on the show and share your knowledge. Thank you for coming on the show as well, John.
1: Thank you so much, Alexi.
0: You've been listening to Small Biz Matters. Uh, My name is Alexi Boyd and we'll be back next week.